I'm Mason. It's Friday, and this is the Friday show on the often imitated but never bettered 9320 podcast. Since it's transfer deadline day, I've got our director of football, Howard, with me, and also our head of media, George. <laughs> Howard, are you there? I am here. Hello. Busy day, phone ringing off the hook. Oh, man, tell me about it. I've got six burner phones on the go. <laughs> Arsenal want Cancelo now, so I don't know what to do about that. Are they still a threat? Uh, you're going to have to make that decision. That's your job, my friend. George, Cole you got, Palmer's you got, just you got... phoned me. Cole Palmer's just phoned me saying he regrets everything. Can he come back? Already? So, I know, yeah. That didn't what can you do? It's too yeah. late now. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, George, you got you got Mr. Romano on, on speed dial, ready to let him know. Any little moves that we might be making? Exactly. Exactly. I've had Ornstein uh, 50 missed calls from him today and I've got about 20 Instagram posts ready to go for the rest of the day. So yeah, busy day. Busy day is in the media department, that's for sure. Excellent. Well, gentlemen, as you both got busy days, I'm I'm going to uh, crack on and, uh, and get straight to it. Um, so I'm going to start with the Champions League draw because it was objectively hilarious from from a city point of view. Uh, Howard, how do you feel about? So, for anybody who doesn't know, we drew uh, Leipzig, Red Bull Leipzig, uh, Young Boys, the Swiss team, and Red Star Belgrade from Serbia. So, Mister Hawking, the floor is yours. <laughs> did you watch the draw, by the way? No, George. Did no, you? No. I, I did. I that, did watch the draw. There's one specific reason I'm asking. Did it? Did it still stun you when they said showing the draw lead up Manchester City or the Champions League winners? Oh, it, it was magical. Just the um, <laughs> the the kind of uh, video compilation of the highlights of our our road to the final winning it was just. I, I will never ever get bored of that. Yeah, it was nice. Just a reminder: we are the Champions League winners. Uh, couldn't have been better, really, could it? Uh, Leipz, I mean, pot. I was looking at the the pots. Pot two was pre- potentially as strong as pot one in a way, because you've got Frankfurt in pot one. You know, they're okay, but you've got Sevilla in there, who of course will finish third in that group and drop into the Europa League. Might as well just might as well just not play their games and accept that now. Uh, but they've not started the season well either, even if they were. Uh, quite a tough opponent for us in the Super Cup. And, you know, we could have got Real Madrid or someone like that. Uh, we're lower down, there was the teams that, like Celtic, will have a narrative that you don't want. You know, I think we'd absolutely thrash Celtic nowadays at home. But it's still difficult going there or going to Galatasaray, the welcome mm. to hell that United will have instead. It was, I mean, we're pot one. We're the, we are the Champions League champions. Uh, obviously, we've got that advantage by being in pot one that it was never going, looking at pots three and four, it was never going to be the worst draw in the world. But really, in pot two, I'm pretty happy with Leipzig. They were troublesome for us last season, but they've lost four key players. They've recruited well and will probably still be a threat. But essentially, I mean, I don't want to be arrogant, City get at least a draw in Leipzig and this group it should be pretty plain sailing and which 
considering our transfer and squad talk later, could be very useful indeed. Mm. George, <laughs> am I being disrespectful if I say that when I first read it, it felt like a Europa League draw? Not at all. I would go as far as you could say it's a Conference League group <laughs> rather than even a Europa League group. I'm I'm kind of astounded at especially how lucky we've been in pots three and four. As you say, no disrespect intended, but the looking at our group, the only fixture that will be slightly tricky, I think, should on paper, and we all know football's not played on paper, but it's Leipzig away. As we've seen, you know, it's, you know, can be a tough place to go. As we found, we drew there, uh, one all in the last sixteen. But um, we've done really, really well. It's it is a shame because I always do like the in the group stage having one, you know, one team, one big team to go against because it. I think it gives you a nice bit of momentum. Those um, those comeback uh, wins against Dortmund last year at home. And then PSG at home uh, in the uh, 21-22 season, I think really gave us a boost. So it's a shame we're not going to have have that this year. But at the same time, it means that you know our players aren't going to be as shattered from a midweek game. Hopefully, because we'll do a nice bit of rotation and we can um, and concentrate on on the league just as much as the Champions League. Mm, I think I, I kind of I feel as though as the years have passed. The Champions League has become more and more pronounced in the terms of in terms of it basically be being two different tournaments. You have the group stage tournament in in the autumn winter, and then you have the knockouts. And you know, often mm-hmm. like so much is different even between the group stage and the knockouts in terms of how a team are doing, what sort of form they're in, all that sort of stuff. So I think that you kind of I look at a group like that and I go, okay, look, that's fantastic because it means that even if the Champions League games fall in between big and difficult Premier League fixtures, those opponents do give us an opportunity to rotate with the limited Mm. options that we have. Yeah, we don't know the order yet, but I... I didn't want it. I want the easiest draw possible. <laughs> uh, I, you know, momentum. I mean, it's right. It's. I wonder how they'll price these games because the appeal just isn't there. Let's be honest. Even though we do sell out quite easily nowadays, but the momentum thing for me is kind of lost because there's a huge gap from the group stage to the start of the knockout stage. In that, you just want. You know, I, I'm not sure it does continue, but ultimately we want we need to win the group as well, to, so we get we don't get a group win in the next stage. So, mm. and we're so good at qualifying now that we've had dead rubbers for many campaigns. I think many previous ones, and it could help us. It really could help us come November, December. Absolutely, absolutely, and I just think I, I do I, I do feel as though um, as the holders, almost having that monkey off your back. Um, of the idea that you've not won it. I think you can be a lot calmer about how you approach particularly a group like this, because I know, uh, I guess the point I'm trying to make in a roundabout way is that I feel as though Guardiola down the years has shown uh, uh, an immense amount of respect to the Champions League, even in the group stages in terms of the strength of teams that he picks. Um, and I wonder whether we don't see a little bit more rotation this season because of the perceived 
lack of quality um, of the uh, of the opponents and the fact that we're the holders and there isn't that pressure to, to prove something or show something in uh, in the Champions League. Um, I know, I know, it's kind of a mad question to be asking on the first of September, but do you? Start with you, George. Do you feel confident we can go get to the final again? Forget about winning it, but do you? When you look around Europe and you look at the way that the transfer window has unfolded for all the big clubs around Europe, and and you look at City, how are you feeling about us getting to the final? Are there any teams that you really fear that you go, oh well, if we got them in the knockouts, I'd I'd be worried that we wouldn't get past them. There's no, there's no teams to me in in the champ that I'm looking now at the Champions League uh, group stages. There's no teams to me that I can objectively look at and say they are stronger this season than they were last. The likes of Bayern, the likes of Real, Napoli, Inter, AC, even maybe PSG to an extent. Although they are wrapping up the uh, Colo Moani signing and they've got Dembele, so maybe they will be a bit stronger. But there's no teams to me that I think are better. So. I think we are will be the massive favourite to reach the final. Obviously, mad stuff can happen throughout the season. Who knows how we really will fare, but we should be able to get to the final once again. And I think we have as just as good chance of winning it as anyone, if not the favourites to win it as well. Howard, what about you? I, I know you're you're a man of a nervous disposition, so <laughs> I, I wouldn't dare ask you to predict that City will get to the final. But how are you feeling about City in comparison to the big European giants? Yeah, I mean that's we're talking about games next March. So that seems like a lifetime away, to be honest. Mm. But we said after the final, and only time will tell. The monkey off the back of having won it. I think I think it makes it different. It was a nervous final, wasn't it? I don't, no one could say it was one of our great performances. Not that Inter were ever going to make it easy, and they played brilliantly, to be honest. But I feel come the latter come the latter stages, or perhaps the final itself, it could make a difference because the pressure with that monkey off the back, the pressure's not there. I mean, obviously, yeah. the final is going to be huge pressure anyway. But if you go into it having won the trophy before, especially having won it the previous season, I think that should mean a lot to the players. Of course, there's been a turnover, so it will be the first final for some players should we get there. But I think just the mentality-wise in the squad to have got that win under our belt is just massive, basically. And it elevate. It wasn't just the final. It was what we did at home to Bayern Munich and Real Madrid is going to play in the minds of any teams we face in the knockout stages when they come to the Etihad. Mm. I mean, how how could it not, really? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I think, I feel as though we, we put a marker down last season, not just in terms of winning the tournament, but also those those performances that you referenced. Um, I, I kind of, I, I feel as though there's a, a little bit of a status quo around Europe in terms of if I look around at PSG, at Bayern, at, at Barcelona, at Real Madrid, um, and even if I look around the English teams who are in the Champions League, there isn't anybody that I feel as though, oh, well, look, they've taken a big step up and now yeah. 
if we were to face them, it would be different. Um, so Munich with Kane, or yeah, I think I think I think Harry does make a difference. I think also Tuchel getting a full preseason, and you know, I just I, I feel as though they'll be better. But is it that step? I'm not sure it's that step where I go, ah, all right, I don't really fancy us anymore. I, I'm Maybe I'm the eternal optimist, but I basically fancy us against anybody. Mm, if, you know, I'm going to make you, I, hang on, I'm going to make you laugh, right? <laughs> so there's only one team I don't fancy us against <laughs> in the Champions League. The Scousers are in the Europa League, so yeah. I don't need to worry about those fuckers. But yeah. other than that... <laughs> It's true, though, isn't it? It's true. <laughs> it's true. If you think it's if you think we've got a, a Europa League lineup <laughs> in the uh, group stage, go and look at their Europa League I've draw that's it. just come out. I haven't heard of most <laughs> most of the teams, so uh, there is there is a difference. Obviously, we've done well with that draw, but for the yeah. teams we've heard of, uh, uh, they they'll be able to rest players definitely. But I do think the certain Fulham player to be discussed could be on his way to Munich as well, or is is in Munich right now. For me, early call, I do see Bayern Munich as the threat this season. Nice, I think that's I think that's fair, um, George. Have you seen Newcastle's Champions League group? Wow, what a welcome the, back to the big time for it, the Geordies, eh? It, it's the only group I think that's really worth talking about. So Newcastle United, Paris Saint-Germain, Borussia Dortmund and AC Milan. I mean, oof, you can't move for football heritage there. Do you know what I mean? It's, 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 a, it's a wow group. Um so what do you, what do you make of their chances of getting out of that group just briefly? I think they've they've really got the work cut out um for them it's it's going to be really really tough just because obviously the fans are going to be up for it and the players will a lot of those players haven't played Champions League before and will really want that they've signed a few players with that experience who may be able to carry them through it a bit but the team Paris Dortmund, you know, they are in the Champions League every single year. They're not going to be, they're not going to be scared by a loud atmosphere at St James's Park, as good as it is. And they see Milan, you know, playing at the San Siro, and they're used to playing giant European games. So, I think they really are going to struggle, as well as if they want to keep the momentum in the league and challenging for the top four again um, this season. I think their biggest games. Will be um, will be the Dortmund and the Milan ones. I think I think mm. PSG will will clean sweep them, and then it's, it all comes down to if they can get points away at the San Siro and against Borussia Dortmund for me. Mister Hocken, oh, it's impossible to predict how well they'll do in this group stage. Mm. I actually think they'll got giddy after one league game. Fair enough. Is that? I think I was under pressure. I can't remember their fixture list, but is it Brighton? They've got Brighton this weekend. He's actually yeah. under pressure domestically very suddenly, I think, after that Liverpool result. I think they've got a fighting chance, to be honest, but to predict, because, yeah, it's not, <laughs> going to St. James's Park, I still think will be slightly intimidating to teams. Obviously, it's not like... So that would be flares and fires going off and, you know, really intimidating like some European games can be. After all, health and safety rules, I mean, you can't even bring a bottle of Coke into the ground nowadays. But I do think it will mean something that 
that home because of course having not been in there for 15 years or whatever or is it up to 20 years the the crowds, the fans are going to be up for it so much. I think if they can pick up some points at home, like seven points, you know, if they draw, is it PSG, do you say, as in they could win the other two and, and just get a couple of draws away? They could do it, to be honest. I think it's, I think it's a, a very close group. And I, you know, Enrique's not really got his, his act together yet, I think, with PSG. It's a very tight group. I think anyone could go. I think PSG would get through, but anyone else could get second. Or uh, I think they've got a fighting chance there. But as I say, maybe they could freeze in the headlights as well. You know, once they, these games come around. So mm. I, I think, yeah, it's it's a fascinating group. Honestly. It should be really fun to watch, definitely. Yeah. And I wouldn't say they're rank outsiders at all in this group. No, I mean, it's it's interesting in that, you know, if I, I think back to, it's funny because as soon as I saw the group, it immediately reminded me of City's first Champions League group with uh, Napoli. Come on, Howard, you're better. Oh, you're, you're not that. testing my memory. All, all I remember is Napoli absolutely schooled us, didn't we? And we got away with the draw. So it was a real eye-opener, wasn't it? Yeah. That's, that's the danger for Newcastle. They go in like, you know, Giddy as anything, and it turns out to be an eye opener. But yeah, we had we had Bayern Munich, Napoli, and Villarreal in our uh, in go. our first Champions League they, uh, group stage. There you go, Pep's Bayern. Yeah, Poof. yeah. What a group that was. Tough. Was it? Yeah. Pep's, was it Pep's Bayern? No, no. It would have been for, before then. No, but, no. But haven't we showed that it's taken ten years for City to? to get the Champions League, to grow in it and prosper. And, you know, it's not what... You can go in there and just, at the end of the day, you're just playing another team. And if you're up for it and you're home support and you've got a good team, you can go far. Mm. But, you know, there is that danger for Newcastle that they come up unstuck because... Definitely. I mean, it's it, not... It, it, it is. It, is a, it takes time to really to really become like yeah it's once you're the aristocracy in a way or royalty in the championship that used to playing it it took City five years like to qualifying from the group became more standard rather than 50-50 thing or a tough a tough act uh, yeah that I think Newcastle fans have to be patient in a way mm. yeah I, I do I do think they can get through the group I think that you know whilst the names Borussia Dortmund and, and AC Milan uh, 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 you know, full of heritage and very big. I think that from a footballing point of view, I certainly know that Dortmund have had a terrible start to the season. There's talk that um, his job's on the brink. His name escapes me. And uh, obviously they lost Bellingham. They lost Haaland. There isn't like a totemic player there that I look at and I go, you know, he's the guy that they're that they're building around now. Uh, I think AC Milan obviously selling Tenali to, to Newcastle is just full of narrative for for both legs of that game. So yeah, I mean I I don't think they definitely will, but but I think it's I certainly think it's possible. It's t- in it, but that's it. I wonder if they're scarred from the final day of last season, anyway. Yeah. Newcastle could beat Dortmund, definitely. Mm. Right. Speaking of Newcastle, Carabao. Um, hmm. We we got we got Newcastle in the Carabao, but more importantly, right, 
the quarterfinal tie uh, will be the week of the 18th of December when City are in Saudi for the, the, the World Club Cup. Is that right? Is that the name I'm of that I'm going to say yes without yes. having not given it a thought yet until it actually arrives. So, yeah. But yeah, City goes straight to the semifinals. Uh, now, only, only the final date and one of the early ones are the dates been nailed down. But City definitely won't be here that week. Uh, they're, they're pretty likely to get through the semi-final, let's be honest. So they'll probably have two games there. They obviously have to travel way before and come back. Uh, I think the Brentford game's the one that's already gone. And we've got Everton, I think, on Boxing Day. I assume we'll have to play that one, but you know, there won't be much of a break. So, yeah, I don't know what happens here, to be honest. Uh, thoughts, Asan, I've put it in the notes, but... <laughs> I don't see much point in beating Newcastle, ridiculously. I guess Liverpool is the case study from a couple of years ago. Well, look, I think... um, I'll throw it over to George. Um, I I feel, and we're going to talk about this in a minute, I feel the squad is quite small. um, And so I feel as though it's... I personally, as much as it's lovely to be in all four competitions in January and feel like there's everything to play for. I think the Carabao can go. And quite frankly, I think the FA Cup can go as well. I think this season, for me personally, I want to win the Premier League because I want that four on the bounce because nobody's done it. And the Champions League is the Champions League. Like you, you can't disgrace yourself in that tournament. So unfortunately, the two domestic cups, I'd just yard them if I was City. What's your point of view, George? I think you're right. I think the the priority for the club this year will, I think, is the club like to chase history, don't they? And rightly so. So the four Premier Leagues in a row would be massive, never done before. The Club World Cup, obviously the fans don't maybe don't care on the whole as much about the competition, but we've never won it before and it would be another uh, trophy for the club and for Guardiola and his team. So I think those are the two that they'll primarily chase, as well as obviously the Champions League, because I think everybody chases that every year because it is the uh, the big one. And where it comes to squad size, I think we're about to see that very quickly, even before the 18th of December, because we with the Carabao Cup ties and the Champions League, we'll have West Ham away on the 16th of September. We'll then play match day one, the 19th, September the 19th, 20th. Then we've got Forest at home on the 23rd. We'll have Newcastle away in the Carabao on the 27th. And then we'll have Wolves away on the 30th. So, as we've said, our squad does look a bit small on, on paper. And that'll be the first real test of how we how we will chase all the trophies. And I predict that the Carabao Cup match will be a lot of your Oscar Bobs. Maybe yeah. even Calvin, if he's still here, if he's not gone out on loan. I think I can't. <laughs> I, I can't, can't believe. <laughs> still I won't get believe, any game time. <laughs> I can't believe that we've reached the point where you've name checked some 19 year old kid from the academy who's never kicked <laughs> a ball in the first team as, oh, he'll play. And then Calvin might even get a game. Yeah. The fully nah, fledged Calvin Phillips on in the eighth. Yeah. Calvin Phillips on in the 80th minute in that Carabao Cup game. Yeah. And gets booked probably. But. Um, <laughs> But no, I, th- I just can't see, like I say, the club prioritising it this year. We've won, it's the trophy we've won the most, the League Cup. And it's always great, it's great fun. And the day out for the League Cup final is, you know, equally as enjoyable as the day out for the FA Cup final. 
but I can't see it being a priority this season when the squad is so small. We've got a couple of big injuries to big players already, and there's 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 new ter- there's new there's new ground for us to explore with the right. Club World Cup in, in Saudi as well. Yeah, we spent a decade hoovering trophies up and the Carabao League Cup, whatever it was been called in the past. It's been brilliant for us, but we're at the stage now where we've outgrown it, to be honest. Now, I think there was still an opportunity to semi-take it seriously in that Pep could do a mix, even though we've sold every youth player going uh, for money, uh, for £400 million or whatever, that there isn't much scope, really. It's not Pep would never put out a full youth side, would he, in a domestic cup game? But as I've already said, we just don't have any choice because of that quarter-final thing. So if we do get that far, I'd be very interested to see what happens. Yes, yeah. assume it can't be moved. So it's a youth mm. team, isn't it? So yeah, it would have to be. It would have to be a youth team. Um, okay, so we're doing this on deadline day. Obviously, you two gentlemen have very busy jobs once this podcast is over. But for a moment, can we reflect upon the work you've done already? Um, <laughs> Howard, I'd like to begin with you. The exit of Cole Palmer to Chelsea for forty-five million. No, sorry, forty-two and a half million pounds now it seems to have split opinion almost in a way that i don't think i've ever seen before from a city sale in that i've literally seen lads go he'll be in the championship in a year he's shit Hmm. um and i've seen lads go city gonna regret that so where do you land the latter i'm i'm really disappointed with this really disappointed uh and it's just a feeling. So I kind of understand why there's two com- camps here. Sometimes I look at people's views and go, what are you talking about? <laughs> I fully get this one. We've got both an amazing amount of money for him, perhaps the right amount of money for him, and also I feel that we didn't have to take that money for him. So <laughs> I feel very schizophrenic about it all. Mm. I, I just have this feeling we're going to regret it. And what and you're going to set me right on what actually happened behind the scenes that will discount a lot of what I'm about to say because it's feelings rather than looking at it really logically mm. like I would t- try to do normally. I just don't feel that we there was any need to sell him. It's as simple as that. Whether he's go and, and I know you're about to put me right on why this had to happen. I.e., I wanted what I wanted as a fan was him to be loaned out for a year or. Pep, we ne- look, Pep probably don't trust him. So saying he was going to play lots of minutes, part of my fear is that it did feel like he just turned a corner early in the season and might have got more minutes. The fact he's gone suggests Pep, that's, Pep doesn't think so at all and has let him go. The fact that a loan was off the table completely a couple of weeks ago, I think, as you've mentioned before, Asa, means that what I wanted was probably never going to happen. But we didn't need the money. Him going to Chelsea is just, just pure weird. I mean, just pure weird uh, for many reasons because of the competition he's got there. Jordan, I listened to Jordan on the market. Everything he said was true. And yet, even agreeing with all that, I just feel the opposite of Jordan in that I've just got this nagging feeling we're going to regret that. I'd have loved him, even if it wasn't really because of what, Copa's camp said and because of what Pep thinks about him and him not having a good year and perhaps not applying himself in training what I wanted as a fan 
was to, he had to play football. So I'd have been happy for him to go out on a loan for a year, say it somewhere like Brighton, and then in a year make a decision. And I can't give you facts. I can't give you reasons why I think this is wrong. But it is a hunch that he will be a top-class player. And I just feel there wasn't that need to you know, to cut, just cut all ties at this point, really. That's how I feel. It's, uh, and the silly thing is, yeah, people wishing him well now. Well, I can't wish him well because he's gone to Chelsea and I don't want to be proven right that it was a mistake to get rid of him. Uh, I'd just love to have seen him have more time at City, basically. So, George? Yeah, there's, there's a lot I agree with there that Howard said. And I think when there's a player that, that you're selling that's come through your academy system, it is a very emotive subject for fans. And I think we do have to give that its uh, its place because this is a lad who's who's been at City since the age of six. He's been at the club for 15 years. And this isn't 15 normal years at a football club. This is 15 years where City have turned into one of the biggest um, and most successful and richest clubs in the world where we have a youth scouting system that stretches from Brazil to Spain to Africa and all over the globe. And and Cole Palmer has managed to stick at the club and work his way through all the ranks, captain the under-18s, join the first team, score for the first team, play across all the competitions. And then we're now selling him to a rival after we've after we've nurtured him and and turned him into a, a very, very, very good young player. So that part of me is really sad about that because I think it's a shame, a local lad as well from Withenshaw, that is, it's somehow, you know, he's got to a time where he's obviously decided he wants that re- more regular chance of first-team football and his advisors and his team and, and the offer from Chelsea that they've presented it will have made him think that maybe Chelsea's the best place for him to go. But on the flip side, this is a player who, although he's played a lot for the first team, he he's never started an important game for us. And he's started, I think, three Premier League games in total. Mm-hmm. And we've got 42 and a half million, you said there, for him, which I think is our third highest fee we've received for a player after Leroy and Ferran. So on the, the kind of the logical, more cold financial and uh, the, that side of things, I think it's it's probably a, a good deal for the club. And in terms of if we'll regret it, I, I'm not so sure that he's going to turn into one of the world's best players at Chelsea. So therefore, I don't think we'll regret it massively. I think he will be a very, very good Premiership player but I don't think we'll regret it massively. There may be a game where he scores against us and it'll sting for for a day or two. But I think big picture long term, I don't think we will regret it. And that fee for a player that we've nurtured, an academy player, is is a is a, you know we've got to tip our hats to the to the academy system that we've we've created as well. Mm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I definitely think it's a, a feather in the cap of the uh, CFA. And the money men um, who built it, because it was always built as a way to to generate revenue, and and it's it's really beginning to come to fruition. Um, 
Look, Howard, to go back to what you said, I think ultimately uh, everybody knew when last season ended that Cole Palmer was going to leave. I think he had made it clear that that it was time for him to go. And I think one of the or the biggest reason for that is that if you're Cole Palmer, for example, and you're 20, 21 years old, um, which for me, he's what he's 21 now, isn't he? Like for me, 21 is no yeah. longer that young, right? Mm. Especially when you've been in and around the first team for a couple of years. I think, I the think Doku's, called, Doku's younger by about a couple of yeah. weeks. So yeah, it just shows and he's already established mm. player. So exactly. I think for me, the, 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 what happened last season sealed his fate. And what I mean by that is they kept him, which I think was a mistake. Um, I think that mm. y- you're you're almost it's kind of a weird one because like on the one hand Pep doesn't like a big squad because people sulk right but he'll keep like so for me you should have let Palmer go last season on loan you should have said to him go on loan and go play football somewhere I don't think that people often reach for the Phil Foden um, example when they talk about players going on loan or players staying at City. And it's like that idea that, oh, yeah, but you're going to learn much more from a year of training with City than you will going and playing somewhere else. Most footballers, they just want to play football. Like, Mm. that's not really a sales pitch that's going to get very far with a lot of footballers. Um, And then, particularly players like Palmer, where you get to the end of the season and there's probably 10 or 12 clubs in England, in the Premier League, and probably a half a dozen in Europe who are going, we'll sign you. We want you. It was very clear that Dortmund wanted him. They uh, They just felt that they couldn't get to the fee that City wanted. Very clear that Brighton wanted him. But then it was all, everybody was waiting for Palmer to decide. And that's, I credit the club and I credit Pep for saying to him, it's up to you. If you want to go, you can go. This is the fee. They set the fee at the start of the summer. They didn't change it because Chelsea came along. I, I genuinely, I respect that a lot. I think it would have been a snide move to two days ago go, oh, well, you know what? It's Chelsea. So actually we want 55 million quid because they're a rival. I think that if you say to a player, no, it's cool. You can go, this is the fee. Then you've, uh, then you kind of got to stand behind that, particularly a lad like Cole, where you kept him for a year and you just didn't use him at all. So it's his decision more than it is the club's decision. The club have got a fantastic fee for him. So, you know, there's not not a lot else you can do, right? Yeah, I, I did forewarn everyone that you were going to tear my argument to shreds because it, it was feelings rather than the logic mm. of the situation. I, uh, I, I, I get it. <laughs> all the evidence of what he's done so far in his, in his career suggests City have got an absolutely brilliant deal here and that's how it may turn out. It's just the feeling that we didn't need to sell him financially and I wish he'd got longer to prove himself, but nothing you said's wrong. <laughs> it's the, the, the logic of the situation is he was going and yeah, He's one of a few players, McAtee, who we may get to discuss as well. They're all at age. They've got to be playing football in the next season. Yeah, I mean, I think... Plenty of football. 
Yeah, I, I think it's slightly different with McAtee. We can we can touch upon that quickly, but I think that he's gone on loan to Sheffield, a club that he knows, a manager that he knows, a club where he played for the entirety of last season, um, and he'll get to play every week or almost every week in the Premier League. When I put aside my own personal issues about the size of the squad, I'm cool with that. Like, if that's what you want to do, and yeah. the offer's there. There's no, there's no, uh, there's no set fee that they can buy him for. He'll still be a City player in a year. So fine, yeah. if he wants to go and get that year of Premier League experience, I'm all right with that. Um, George, what about he, you? He wasn't getting football at City this season. I'm not. I have no conviction that he was getting a lot of yeah, at City this season. So he wasn't at all. He's yeah, just I've, not quite up the pecking order enough to be getting the minutes Cole Palmer, for example, would have got if he'd stayed. So I think it's the right thing to do. It's just, it's opened up the issue of squad size, yeah. No, for sure. I think we, if he, if McAtee was going to be part of this City squad for the season, I think we would have seen him feature in minutes in competitive games this season. And, mm. and he's not, yeah. And I think the best thing for him is to go and play Premier League football for a year I know a lot of people say this thing that are oh, at City. If if you're a youth player and uh, come from the academy and you're loaned out, it means you're never going to make it at City. And I guess the evidence in the Pep era is, is stacked in that favour. But I don't think that's something that's set in stone. I think that that can change over time. And I think if McAtee goes there and has a great season and lights it up and is is that either their best player or help them even stay up, I think. He'll come back to City with a lot of credit in the bank, having played men's football for a year, and will have a shot in the pre-season to be part of next year's squad. So I, I think it's the best thing for all parties, McAtee going, even if it does mean we have an even smaller squad than we uh, thought we were going to. Just one quick point. you know, I think spoke to Sheffield United fan recently and said, he was, I think he only came into the fall, really got motoring in their team in the second half of the season. That's what one of their fans said on Twitter. And he was superb, but it was the championship. Now yeah. we get to see what he's going to be like in the Premier League. So, yeah. Which well, I is think great. It's- yeah, I think it is great. I mean, I, I I am curious to see how he does. I don't think Sheffield United are, are a great team, um, but let's see if he can stand out in that team. Uh, okay. So a couple of other things on 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 the squad and and transfer windows before we uh before we think about listening to our uh, our friend the Fulham fan uh, chatting to Howard. Um in terms of the size so we signed Doku Gvardiol, uh Mateus Nunes um and Matteo Kovacic. We did a market pod yesterday and I asked Jordan and uh, Lloyd to rate the transfer window. So, George, you can either give me a number out of 10 or you can go A or F, whichever way you want to do it, because me and Jordan did it by letters and and Lloyd (laughs) did it by numbers. US or UK, eh? Exactly. George, (laughs) how do you rate the transfer window? I'm going to... I'm going to give it... A B minus is my score, and that's for a few different reasons. I think um, the the speed at which we've operated is very strange compared to to previous years, and I think that gives a bit of nervous energy to the fan base and makes everybody feel that maybe some things are rushed. Uh, but the players players we have signed, Guavidol, I think is you know he's going to be 
he's going to be a top, top player for, and we, he could play for us for a decade at the age we've signed him in that position. So that's a top tier signing. Kovacic is a great signing. He's a bit older than players we usually sign, but the fee was so small and his ability so good that it doesn't really matter at this stage. And then uh, Nunes and Doku, um, they're kind of the, the more unknowns. So I can't, you know, give them the seal of approval because we don't know how they're going to fare in a city shirt. They've they've not played under the pressure, um, you know that that they're going to get this season. So it's gonna it's gonna be an interesting one. So I think B minus is is probably a fair score. I mean, maybe 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 it'd be different though. Maybe that's just me giving into the kind of that rhetoric that we haven't got the business done early like we do. Maybe if we'd signed all these players in the first two weeks without any rumours of anybody else, maybe we'd all be going A plus, A, a scores. I'm not too sure. Maybe, maybe that does feed into how I feel about things. Howard? See, B neg- minus feels just too negative for me, but B sounds a bit too optimistic as well. So I might, <laughs> I might switch to the numbers and say 7 out of 10. I okay. think f- just very quickly, I think the incomings are fine. Yeah. Obviously, Nunes, eh. <laughs> you know, it's it's a pep sign and he likes him. And I'm happy, yeah, I'm happy to trust him, obviously, because he's Pep Guardiola. But we moved around on targets. Let's not pretend. And we've done it before. We've got a third target like Diaz and he's been amazing. One of the best defenders in the world. Pep's called him, you know, he's... he's He's called out Nunes as brilliant before. Docu, of course, is a he can't just step in and do what Mares does. He's a, a prospect and we'll have to wait and see, but it's, a, it's an exciting one. And Gvardiel Kovacic, brilliant, just absolutely brilliant. And let's not overstate the fact that we didn't lose Kyle Walker and Bernardo Silva. And at one point it looks like we could have lost four, five senior players in this summer, and that would have been disastrous because it doesn't matter how many much she spent or how many big names he went for that was just that would have devastated us because of the transition uh so you've got to mark in the fact the fact that Bernardo Silva stayed and signed a contract and Kyle Walker's here you know I think in a year I'm not I don't need him signing new contracts I just think it's great that we do get at least another year out of him I just, I'm not one of those people who ever looks at squad size or gets like worried about saying it's too small. But for the first time, it just looks too small. Mm. I think he could, it could really bite us on the arse if we didn't get one more player in. It really, really could bite us on the arse big time. Because I, is it actually smaller, our squad, than last season? Maybe not. Because as many have come in that have gone out, and that Cole Palmer didn't play much football last season. Mares didn't play the big games towards the end of the season. Laporte was pretty much ostracised. So Gundogan is one of the key ones you've lost and not a lot else. Although Mares did get game time and brought the stats. I think we brought the numbers in, in if you look at it that way. But we was, I think we lost fewer minutes than any other team in match for the injuries last season in the Premier League. And you just can't rely on that happening again. I think we've we've already had worse injuries than probably the whole of last season. With Kevin De Bruyne out for months, with all the little niggly ones, you can't rely on the physios to see us through this season. And that is the big fear for me, is that there should have been one more signing. And that's why I'm not sure. I can't say it's a great one. I don't think it's been a bad window either. 
but as treble winners with our war chest huge, swollen and selling off hundreds of millions of pounds of youth players, I'm surprised that we weren't more aggressive. And of course, we've discussed it many times. We're just it was such a reactive, messy window that I'm actually quite happy we've got to this stage because it could have been a lot worse, but it certainly could have been better. Mm. I'm I'm on the fence. I mean, you know, I, I think Vardiol uh, and Kovacic are objectively already amazing signings. I've got really high hopes for, for Doku over a period of time. Mm. And I think Nunes is exactly the kind of multifunctional player that Pep really loves and i think that the kind of the, the without hammering calvin phillips if guardiola's decided that he's never going to play him which it feels like he has well then you need somebody to help take the pressure off of rodri and i think that what nunez does is it allows pep to play either nunez or kovacic as a six and play the other as an eight and rodri can have a rest so I think from a, for, in terms of the characteristics and the attributes of the players that we've bought, I think they they kind of vary between good and excellent. Yeah, and I, I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, but I'm just, I, I personally, I think we are short in terms of quality in the attack. I think that we are almost backing ourselves into a corner where Erling Haaland has to score 35, 40, 50 goals a season because we seem pretty comfortable shoring the squad of uh, of players who are goal scorers. You know, I think if you look at mm. if you look at the numbers that that Riyad and and uh, and Gundo got last season I think with the best will in the world, it's wildly optimistic to hope that uh, that Doku and Nunes are going to get those numbers this season. So they'll have to come from somewhere. And I think, obviously, there's improvements that players can make. Foden can score more. Although, it, again, I think I believe that he was our second highest goal scorer, or am I dreaming that last season? No, uh, third, I think. Alvarez would have been second. But he wasn't far behind. I think he was only two go. behind. Yeah, so I, I, I'm I'm definitely and and the, I've got a general point, and I made it on the pod yesterday, right? So on the market pod, if anybody isn't signed up to the ninety three twenty player, we do these pods called the market pods, which are basically transfer podcasts. And and I've been having a look at the eighteen nineteen team, and George, I'm going to throw this at you first, and and Howard, I, I want you to answer it too. So these were the what I consider to be attacking options in the uh, 1819 squad um you've got Foden De Bruyne Gabriel Jesus Riyad Mahrez Leroy Sane Sergio Aguero Raheem Sterling Ilkay Gundogan Bernardo Silva and David Silva um I think I feel like we're miles away from that like not in not in numbers but I just mean in terms of like sheer quality I just I feel like we're a long way away from that and it just it surprises me that we've Howard. The way that you've put it in the notes is fantastic. Feels like the defense is definitely stronger. I feel as though we have lots of fantastic defensive players, and that's 
a, a part of the team that you can have a lot of confidence in in terms of if you pick up a knock here and there, um, you still feel confident no matter the size of the game. Um, but I feel like they've done that at the expense of the attack where I just feel like we don't have anywhere near the quality that we had in 1819. George, am I overstating that, do you reckon? No, I don't think you are. Like you say, the, the depth has, has flipped almost in that eighteen nineteen season, yeah, you spoke about the, the f- even if you look at the positions of the front th- front three, right winger, you had um, Bernardo and Mares, striker, you had Aguero and Jesus, and on the left wing you had Sterling and Sane, and that's before you even get to Foden, De Bruyne, um, Gundo, all all in behind. David so, Silver, David Silver as well. So Bernardo Silver, I'd yeah, imagine already. Yeah, yeah. So right now, if you look at the front three, if you, and if you can't do any kind of repeats, you've got on the right, you have Bernardo and uh, Doku. Up front, you've got Haaland and Alvarez. And on the left, you've got Grealish and Foden. And then behind that, well, De Bruyne's injured in your attack. Um, Foden is a player you'd probably put in that central area. So the depth starts to disintegrate when you can't double, when you can't double up mm-hmm. on a player. And I know that we've relied upon that player versatility in the last few years of players being able to double up on positions. But the the problem you have with that is is injuries. And if a player like Bernardo or Foden, who's versatile, can play across the line and in the midfield gets injured, then suddenly you're looking around and thinking, who's going to fill the void? And you you just don't have anyone to. Whereas, as you said, the defence now, you, you can have... You could have injuries to to Diaz and Stones, which a few years ago in the twenty in the twenty twenty one season would have would have had alarm bells going left, right, and centre. You could have injuries to those two for a couple of months, and you'd still have a really strong defence. You could yeah. have Walker, Ake, um, Akanji, Guavidal. So it's still a really strong defence that I would be happy going against pretty much most teams with. So it is interesting how we've done that, especially on, in, with a manager like Pep. And it's obviously come from him because, and obviously working with Chixie and all, all the team, it's it's obviously he has to be a part of that design of how the team has flipped and how he wants to evolve on the pitch. It's it, Or am I wrong with that? Do you reckon it's the club have just want to build out the defence? It's 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 a strange one. I mean, I, I personally, I have no idea why they've done it like this. It's not a strategy that I would fully get behind. I, I feel almost as though through the entirety of the Guardiola era or almost the entirety of the Guardiola era, they've just left holes in the squad and they've gone, oh, it's cool, Pep can deal with it. And I've often said, just take a player or two and you've really, you you kind of, you complete the squad and they always seem to stop short of doing that. And previously it was always left back. It was always like, well, it's all right. We got Fabian Delph, we got Zinchenko, we'll figure (laughs) it out. You know what I mean? Um, And now it just, it feels like more and more, it's becoming more about the attacking midfield and 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 the wide areas where it feels like we're a little bit short. But look, I don't want to be too downbeat because ultimately um, Doku could explode do you know what I mean? We could be having a totally different conversation in six yeah, weeks' exactly. time because every time Doku stepped on the pitch, he's looked good enough to play for City. I think similarly, you know, I've at times been quite critical of of Nunez signing in that I don't think he's particularly creative. Well, I might be wrong. 
after you know he was playing for Wolves, he, he might he might do a month of training with City and with Pep and with our players and look like a completely different footballer. And he's certainly young enough that he has got the opportunity to develop and and get better. So you know, squ- squad size, I'm a little bit concerned about. But if these lads hit the ground running, then we yeah, I mean. We can. I still think we'll get close to hundred points, which is a mad thing to say considering I think the squad is thin. Howard, how mad am I? Yeah, well, I'm not going to predict that. I've no idea, to be honest. But the same, we, we rarely win our first three games of the season. So, well, when we did, we didn't have a good season, but it don't, that doesn't mean anything. I think the squad size could bring the January transfer window into play. Uh, but look at it objectively. Carabao Cup won't matter, really. The FA Cup, whether it matters or not, is not till next year. We've had a kind Champions League can, uh, group stage draw. There's two international breaks as well. Uh, we st- we should be able to get through to the new year, okay, unless we have a, an injury crisis, basically. Mm. Uh, but I do think it might bring that January transfer window, which is never ideal, into play if... Pep feels we are short and struggling by that stage. Yeah, well, I, think- I think the I think we are a different beast. Uh, just very briefly, you know that eighty nineteen side. Well, some of the players are still here. So obviously, Kevin De Bruyne, Bernardo Silva. I'd I'd swap JT's for Alvarez. And yeah, you've got Grealish Docu against like Sane Sterling. But it's it's David Silva that stands out. I, I think we're a different beast. Yeah. In two thousand twelve, we had four top class attackers. Yep. Now I think we're building a monster in defence. And I think the Sheffield United game kind of showed the potential problem sometimes with that. We dominate the ball, we snuff them out for 80 minutes, but the lock picker is not quite there if we've got one or two players out. So I don't think we're weaker than the 18-19 side, but I think we'll let, we could be less creative, yeah. so But hey, we're not doing too bad, all things considered, are we? <laughs> no, so. de- Definitely not. Definitely, definitely not. I think the the interesting thing about January is that I think a lot of it will depend upon how De Bruyne is recovering and how everybody else has done between now and then. And mm. even uh, and by everybody else, I mean the rest of our squad. And I think even in saying that, I think the level of quality that you need to make a manifest difference is probably not available in January. So it's probably just more about sharpening minds for the summer and what you think you'll need for for next summer um, because January is notoriously difficult. Um, Right. Before we discuss Fulham, this is Mr. Howard Hawking, the man that's on this podcast, talking to Alan (laughs) Druitt from the Green Pole podcast uh, and a writer for the Hammy End uh, talking about Fulham versus Manchester City. So here's Howard and Alan. I'm delighted to be joined by Alan from the Hammy End podcast to talk all things Fulham. Uh, good evening. <laughs> I have to check the time of the day, as always. Uh, good evening, Alan. How are you doing? I'm okay, thanks, Howard. How are you doing? Not bad, not bad. The weekend approaches, so... And it stopped raining, so yeah, I'm okay. That's always a positive. And thankfully, maybe for both of us, I don't know, uh, the end of the transfer window is approaching as well, and I will be glad, as always, every year to see the back of that. So it probably seems like a good place to start. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) 
Shall we start with uh, one of your star players that you probably don't want to talk about? Uh, Joao Paulinia, have I said that correctly? Yeah, Joao Paulinia. Um, Are you worried at all? He's been linked today with Bayern Munich. Uh, you worried at all about these links? I, I should use a caveat, by the way. By this, <laughs> all of this, will, we were recording this on a Thursday night, 31st of August. By the time we finish this, it'll probably be out of date already, let alone by the next day. In fact, by the time we actually finish each sentence, things might have moved on. So we'll do our best to be current. Uh, as it stands on Thursday evening, are you worried about the situation? Extremely worried. Uh, if we were speaking yesterday, then I'd be, you know, I'd, I'd have dismissed it. Uh, I know there was, there's been rumours of him and Bayern Munich, uh, sort of quiet whispers over the last month or so, but nothing as as concrete as this. Uh, he's actually been on Instagram and he did actually like a post, a Sky Sports post uh, with the heading, Paulinia could be heading to, to Bayern. Ouch. Uh, and the, my biggest worry is without Paulinia in our team, we will struggle. Mm. Well, And it's let's... not going to be pretty. How, how good has it been for you? 28 years. And I've never seen anyone make such an impact in, in just one season. We had it with Moussa Dembele when he moved to Tottenham after a couple of seasons. We saw it with Sahar. There's been a few players which you just looked at and went, they've got it. Yeah, I'm surprised nobody's sort of took the gamble on Paulini before we did. But to me, if he if he is to go, we need to make sure we get every penny that he's worth because it's it's taken us probably from a, a comfortable mid-table position this season to battle and relegation. That's how important he is to us. Are you, are you annoyed then that all this is happening one day before the transfer window shuts? Because let's be honest, if he does go, he might be replaceable anyway, but you have zero time to... Uh, as a club to find a replacement, don't you? And this is the thing. Now, throughout last season, I think I came on here and I said he won't be with us next season. Mm. I was convinced we'd have him for one season and that would be it because he's he's too good for us. Uh, he wouldn't look out of place at any team in the world, in my opinion. He's that good. His tackling ratio is is by far the best in Europe. He's just a phenomenal footballer. Too good for us, but as you said, it's the timing of it. If it had happened six weeks ago, I'd be a bit upset, but we have enough time then to, to figure a replacement. But look at Mitrovic, Mitrovic, for example. He's been going for two months. He went and we've not replaced him. Mm. And for me, Paulini has always been more important to us, especially last season. And I don't trust the powers that be to replace him with any, you're never going to replace him like for like, but replace him with someone that can be can do hot, as good of a job or as close to doing as good of a job as he did. So I'm worried. So, <laughs> well, I've not I've seen it on my Twitter timeline, but I've not delved into it. Are the links very very solid? Basically, that they want him, or is it? You could tell a lot of this stuff, you know, it's like where it comes from. It's like oh, it's just rumors, but does this feel like they are definitely after him? It does. Uh, it was about an hour ago, actually, before we come on, that we did officially reject a bid of £47 million, which is an insult. Mm. Uh, he's still got five years left in his contract with an additional 12 months. I know he only signed it for £20 million, but we, when we 
when West Ham wanted him, we said it's ninety million or nothing. Now, if we get ninety million pound for him, then good. Then I'm not happy, but I feel that's what he's worth. If Declan Rice mm. is worth one hundred and five and Caicedo is worth one hundred and fifteen, for me, Paulini is up there with them. Well, uh, that could be handy because you've got to hope your your board are stronger than this then because I can't see Bayern Munich paying £90 million for a player. Not that they've never done it, but after Kane, I don't think they would, which could mean that he stays with such a small window. It could work in your favour, it's this late in the window, in that time runs out, but will you have an I unhappy so. player then? Is it, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a problem either way, is it not? So I don't know. I think Paulini is, just by listening to the way he speaks, just by, you get to know a player. I know you don't mm. know him personally, but you get to know their demeanour, the way they are. I don't think he's going to be too unhappy. Uh, I think if he stays, if he if he's in the squad against you on Saturday, mm. we've done really well to keep hold of him. And yeah. we fully expect him to go next summer. That's fine. I just want one more year from him. Get rid of that second season syndrome. And then we can start planning for life without Paulinia towards the end of this season, rather than 24 hours before the window closes. All right, well, let's be optimistic and he stays. Uh, <laughs> ha- that aside, were you happy with the, the club's summer business on the whole? Not really, I'm going to be honest. Mitrovic, uh, our talisman, left yeah. for money, uh, He, which annoyed the fan base. The way he went about it, we weren't too happy about. Paulinho could possibly have left by the time this, this goes out. Our, our other central midfielder, Harrison Reed is possibly being linked away with a move to Wolves, which again is a worry. But looking at the transfers in, we've not really got anyone in yet that's a guaranteed starter, if you like. Bassi is probably, we spent £18 million on him. He's probably the, the best signing we've made so far in terms of showing up the defence. Because to, it looks like Tosin Adarabayo is off to Monaco. Wow. Um, he's one of your own. Yeah. Um, and then we've got Adama Traore, who you don't know what you're going to get with him. Uh, <laughs> I do when he plays City, he's a world beater. <laughs> and then we've got Raul Jimenez, who is not the same player as he was. Yeah, again, pre- you don't pre- know, do it well. Or maybe we do know what you're getting with him now. But Well, this is it. And the problem we've got is we've got no one to score the goals for us. Hmm. Uh, we all expected Jimenez to come in and be a an impact player rather than a starter. And if he is, if he is our number nine moving forward this season, again, it's another reason to worry, but we did sign Castagna from Leicester, which again is a backup. I don't see where he fits in. Uh, It's not been great for us. I'm going to be honest. A part of me wants it to win now, but a part of me wants to say, look, we need it to stay open because we need players. Hmm. The rumour's been that they're going to be doing business uh, tomorrow, which is today, when people hear this. (laughs) 11pm they've got to, so it will still be open when this comes out. (laughs) Um, Well, the the problem we have is we've been linked with about 20 players and we've not got any of them. Uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi, we've been after for months. Uh, Damara Gray, we've been after for months. He's gone to Saudi, I think. A few players which we've been heavily linked with, they've just not come. Um, yeah. And I think Marco Silva's actually sitting there thinking, why on earth have I turned down £40 million tax-free money? 
to to stay here. Yeah, and it, it's all doom and gloom at the minute, Howard. Well, <laughs> season so far, uh, I was I was bored yesterday, so I was watching a. This is not a dick at Tifo. Uh, their videos are very entertaining. Uh, but I was watching a video on the couch about your stats on chances created and conceded aren't great, to be honest, your XG and all that. But results-wise, be pretty good might be an exaggeration because there's that Brentford game bang in there uh, and beating Everton might not be much either. <laughs> but two all draw at the Emirates? Ah. It's not been bad, has it really? Or do, do the performances reflect those results, or does uh, it, it tell a false story? Not entirely. I think we've been fortunate to get. Well, I'd say we're fortunate to get four points. Everton game, we were second best for a large portion of that. Although we mm. had more of the ball, didn't really create much. Again, Mitrovic only played the last half an hour of that. We scored when he came on. The Brentford game was just disastrous. Again, we started those first two games without Paulinia. Mitrovic only played half an hour at the Everton game when we did score. Uh, Brentford game was a bit unfortunate because the first goal was our own mistake. The second goal was a penalty, which is never a penalty, which resulted in a red card. Mm. Uh, but, uh, but the best performance of the season so far came at the Emirates. And we finally deserved the point. We went down to 10 men quite all in the 82nd minute. But we we did deserve something from that game, and again it was Paulinia who who made a difference. Yeah, we the, there's a difference in tempo when he's there and when he's not, and that's what worries me the most. About well, it killed my him. accumulator that goal, so but, but a very nice goal, and I'd rather <laughs> Arsenal didn't win anyway. So I was still happy because I want to see Arsenal drop points. But <laughs> at five, pa- five past three that afternoon, I put a double on United, who were two 0 down home to Nottingham Forest in Arsenal to win. So it just seemed a no brainer to me, and they almost won. So <laughs> almost. But I'm not complaining that you equalised. Let's put it that way. Should have cashed out, Howard. <laughs> you went I also went 2-1 up at home against 10 it was the 10 men I thought there's no point cashing out now is there it's like it's game over but yeah there you go <laughs> uh, you, you threw in the cup so yeah. penalty shootout was it against Spurs and Norwich at home in the next round is that right so are That's you hoping correct. Silver takes that seriously this season I am because it's probably our best chance of having some sort of cup run mm. because we always seem to bump into you in the FA Cup so that ruins that every season <laughs> um, <laughs> but no you know we again if you look at Tottenham and Arsenal back to back over 90 minutes we've drawn both of them so there is a slight improvement happening um, but no we do have Norwich back to the Carabao Cup we have Norwich in the next round at home I know you've got Newcastle the whole Fulham fan base, whenever a cup draw is on, we look for two numbers. We look for Fulham and we mm. look for Man City. Yeah. <laughs> the moment we miss each other, we're slightly happier. But well, you know, I don't think you'd be drawing us this season in the Carabao Cup, let's put it that way, because the quarterfinals, you may want to draw us because we won't even be here. We'll be in Saudi Arabia doing that club cup competition. Which, if oh. the, the example of Liverpool a couple of years ago is anything to go by, will mean us having to put a youth side out if we're still in it, which we may not be because we've got Newcastle away. So, if well, we're by some it. miracle, we're still there for the quarterfinal. 
pray to get us in that draw because I assume the game won't be moved. I don't know, so I just can't see City doing anything in the cup uh, this cup definitely this season. So the problem we have is Man City could probably field an under 18s team against us, and you no. still probably beat us without Paulinho and Mitrovic. So. <laughs> don't, don't believe that. Our youth side has actually started pretty badly this season. So, uh, But yeah, I, th- I thought the same about Spurs, to be honest, that this was a chance for a trophy for them, was it not? Uh, yeah. They're not going to win the league. They're not in Europe. Uh, strange to make nine changes for them. So, We also yeah. made six. So yeah. we did both make a lot of changes, but yeah, yeah they disappointed me on Tottenham did. Uh, as for Silva, how many touchline bans do you think he'll rack up for by season end? <laughs> has he been booked? Well, is it true he's been booked every game so far? So. He has. Um, I, did, I didn't go to the Everton game, but I went to the Brentford game. I went to the Arsenal game, and I went to the Tottenham game. He has a point in some of the stuff he's complaining yeah. about, but I wouldn't change him for the world. And to be honest with you, Howard, if Paulinho goes by the time eleven o'clock tomorrow, and we don't sign at least three players. Mm. I don't think he'll be in charge for the game at home to Luton in three, in just over two weeks' time anyway. Wow. So to, to pick quite... up anymore. I do. And the, the thing is, the whole Fulham fan base are in agreement that no yeah. one would blame him. Has he actually spoken publicly about his frustration at the transfer? Yes. It's, it's a common, yeah. it, it is a common theme with Fulham managers and our current <laughs> owners. Yeah, Every manager we have Every decent manager we have, so Silva, Jokanovic, they always have the same problem. They take us to a certain level and then you either have to back them or you have to let them go. Um, And I don't think our owners have quite figured out that you can't not back them and expect to keep them. Why why not be back then? Is the money money not there or is the money not being you? I mean, it's Premier League. There must be some money, of course. Yeah. uh, Not always been in Premier League, but you've been, obviously, you've been there. This is not your first season up. Uh, The money must be rolling into some uh, respect. The the money's there. Is there a feeling among the fan base that there's just, there are funds there and they're just not being used, basically? Because you have sold. I mean, what did you get for Mitrovic, by the way? It was forty-seven million, well, and then that was go. up front as yeah. well. That that yeah. wasn't done in your instalments. That was up front. Yeah. Now there is money there. We did spend eighteen million on Bassi, five and a half million on Jimenez, fifteen million on Castagna, which was confusing. I thought that was a bit too high for a backer. Mm. Perhaps he knows something we don't, but we we needed to invest. We had such a great season last season. We we outperformed what we expected as fans. And I, we just had this general feeling that if Silva could be backed, keep our stars, then, you know, move up a place, finish ninth next season. We're not expecting to finish top six, top seven, top eight. We're not deluded like that. But we do want to see some sort of consistency slash progression. And I feel like this window in particular has knocked us back. But just yeah, I mean, going... Make- on, it makes financial sense for them to invest in the team anyway. Well, this is it. But you want to stay in the Premier League, of course. Yeah. Well, this is it. And the one thing I would say, though, is Silva only has a year left on his contract. Now, mm. I don't know if there's a, a battle there where Silva's saying, I'm not going to sign a new contract until you give me what I want. 
and the, the owners and the board are going, well, we're not going to spend X amount of money if you don't commit your future. So I don't know what to believe. I just, I just want to see Silver there for a long time and I want to see us do well in a Premier League. I assume his stock has gone up even more though by turning down the, the Saudi, I was going to say dollars, is it? Royale or whatever. The Saudi uh, riches basically with the fan yeah. base, it must have gone up even further. Oh yeah, and the fans love him. You mm. won't meet a Fulham fan that will have a bad word to say about the bloke. And yeah, it's we're all in agreement that if he leaves tomorrow, no one can blame him. Everyone will wish yeah. him well. Reading between the lines then, the match, three o'clock on a Saturday, which is rare. I think City have got four three o'clock Saturday kickoffs in September, which must be the first wow. first of the decade, yeah. Uh, just reading between the lines there, Alan. Are you com- <laughs> <laughs> you're not very confident about this match? <laughs> do you know what? I do I'm pick up on these things. I'm very, very good at this sort of thing, yeah. I, I'm never confident when we play Man City. I've been on here a few times. We've spoken a few times now, and I've always been very complimentary of Man City. I, I, mm. I love Man City as a football club, as a, as a neutral. Um, no one has any affiliation with Man City. I admire your fan base. I admire your club. I think the way you've gone about it has been brilliant. Um, and I've always predicted us to get a, a good hiding, if you like. But up until yesterday, I thought, no, oh, Man City haven't been too great so far. Mm. Um and last season, we pushed you all the way in both games. I know the game at the Etihad, you was down to 10 men for a long, long period of time of that. Yeah. Um, but the game at the and cottage... Uh, gives ended me... by that very, very definite penalty right at the end. Yeah, yeah it's de- a definite penalty, Howard. Um, <laughs> no, it was soft, <laughs> let's put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> no, look, the, that's De Bruyne. He's a phenomenal player. And he bought it. Uh, it was given, that's uh, it. Let's be honest. The, Keep, I can't remember who your keeper was. He probably should have saved the penalty. <laughs> it went under him, didn't it, from uh, Ireland? So, but yeah, he should have saved. Yeah, have you got that last week's performance? Is it not giving you that that confidence? I mean, if you can go to the Emirates and do it, then you could, in theory, come to uh, the Etihad and do it. In theory, we we give ourselves half a chance, and yeah, we seem to raise our game against the bigger teams. Now, if Paulini is gone by the time we play, then I do fear it could be five or six. And I know you've not been playing well, but yeah. the the whole mood around the club, I can the fans are feeling it already. So I don't know if you've seen Marco Silva's press conference today. He just looks like a defeated man. Right. So the mood in the camp can't be great. So I do fear the worst. If Paulini is there and we've made a few signings tomorrow, you know a bit of luck, another early red card for you guys, then we may be able to sneak a draw, but I'm not confident at all. No, I always think of Fulham. Fulham play, they play football the right way. <laughs> uh, sounds patronising, but they do. They're just, they've always been a great team to watch, haven't they? We do Which try. Kind, it kind of links up to how will Silver set up? Does he know how to do a low block? Is that not his style ever? Are you going to play your normal way? Uh, what can what should City fans expect from the Fulham side? It's probably going to be a carbon copy of how we came to the Etihad last season. Because mm. even when you even when you went down to ten men, you still had the majority of the ball and you still had the better chances. We will see against Arsenal away last week. We did press high, and it worked. The problem is with Man City is 
you have better ball playing defenders. You're a lot more comfortable on the ball. And if we try and pressure you too high, then we're just asking for trouble. So Silva's got to find that balance. And I think he did that last season against um, you over two games. But it's just, it's a lottery for us. It's, it's a bonus game, 1-0, 5-0. It's not going to make a huge impact on our season. I just want to see us play well. Yeah. Uh, do you think the team itself... Now, don't worry, I'm not going to ask you about your... <laughs> <laughs> your link to... Uh, I don't want to get you upset about Paulini again, but we're going to assume <laughs> he's still here because I don't think Bayern Munich will pay the money, to be honest. Uh, they 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 love to bully other German teams into giving them players for thirty million pounds that worth double, but they've not found it quite as easy uh, doing it when they cast their net a bit further out. So we will see. But that team that you got that you put out against uh, against Arsenal. Arsenal, I assume the red card. Who who was it sent off? Bassi. Did he Bassi. serve his suspension during the week? Then he did. Yeah. So he's available. Yeah. Uh, yes, you got Bobby Reed, Raul Jimenez, Harry Wilson, uh, Sasa Luke, Lukic, Andres Pereira, yeah. uh, Robertson, Bassi, Diop, and Tete with Leno in net. Do you, th- you expecting the same side? At, at this point, Howard, I'm hoping it's the same side. <laughs> yeah, I'm expecting a phone call from uh, Marco Silva saying, "Alan, can you uh, get your boots and play left back for me?" <laughs> so um, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping it's the same team. But uh, if Paulini is not there and Reed's not there, then uh, I dread to think who's going to be in the centre of midfield. Maybe Kearney. You may see Kearney, but he's just going to get overrun. So it's a tricky one. Uh, time has defeated us. But just quickly, Robinson was linked with City. I thought it was the January transfer window. Mm-hmm. And last season, a surprising well, one for some. Uh, how's he been doing? Again, I think we spoke about this previously. He's he's brilliant going forward. Hmm. Um, well, he, he just lacks that final putt, that final delivery. It's it's the last yeah. bit of his play. Which, Assists are low, yeah. Yeah, he's he's not a Man City player. I don't think he's quite there yet. But right. Pep could get the best out of him. Well. You're safe. We've given up on left backs uh, completely, so we don't have any. So, uh, right, time has to fit you. So, I always end with uh, a score prediction. Right. So, I'm going to give you two predictions. Uh, one with Paulinho in the starting eleven. <laughs> I will. Yeah. I'll go a two-one defeat. Uh, without Paulinho, I'll go a four-nil defeat. That's Sheffield United <laughs> fan on last week. He was even more pessimistic than you, and uh, yeah. That you close in the eighty seventh minute, so you just never know, as you saw last week as well. I, I, I don't. We're doing okay. We've won our first three games for the first time since Pep's first season, but we don't tend to start the season on fire. We've been functional, I think. Uh, And yeah, I I still I wouldn't be predicting us to thrash teams just yet. So I'm going to go for a two nil win. But I'm almost, I'm quite pessimistic myself or cautious with these predictions. So we will see. Uh, Alan, I could have talked for a lot longer, but yeah, uh, time has defeated us. Thank you very much again for coming on and talking to us. No problem, Howard. I always enjoy talking to you. And I hope you have, uh, as we, <laughs> this goes out of Friday, I hope 
the Friday and transfer deadline day is completely devoid of activity of outgoing Fulham players. And after this weekend, as always, all the best for the rest of the season. Hopes it pick up. Hope it uh, picks up for you. And uh, yeah, Silver's there for many years to come. Let's hope so. Thanks, Howard. Yeah, fingers crossed. Uh, yeah, thanks once more. And we'll go back to the panel to preview Saturday afternoon's game. That was Howard and Alan, and Howard is back here. Hello, Howard. Hello. Hello. So, he's Fulham not going to be happy. Yeah. Well, I, let's get cut straight to the chase. Uh, we discussed, obviously, Palhinia. Yeah. And, and he is in Munich right now. Yeah. Thrashing out a deal. Uh, that's their best player gone. Huge blow for them. Huge. I mean, for this game. Well, for, yeah. I mean, as he, he said on the podcast, he was pretty downbeat. Silver's not had the support in the transfer window he should have got. Uh, Mitrovic's gone, of course. Uh, and he wasn't happy before this. And now for him to leave at this stage, obviously, I think they're after Hoiberg at Spurs. But whoever they get, you know, it's all like rush, rush, rush now, obviously, on transfer deadline day for this game. I mean, he said, Palini is the difference between them possibly being mid-table or being in a relegation fight. I don't think he played in the first two games of their season and he played at the Emirates and got that equaliser. The difference in the team with just him in is astonishing. So for him to be out of this game is just, yeah, devastating for them, to be honest, and obviously further increases our chances in this game. Mm. So um, a little update because uh, Juan Malilo's done his press conference so let me just give you a quick injury update. Where are we up to here? So uh, where's it gone? Where's it gone? Akanji's fit. For, uh, Akanji and Foden are both available. Um, so that's great. And Stones is getting better. So that's great. Um, George, how... So... Last home game before the international break, it would mean four wins out of four if we were to win it. Fulham are losing their best player today, having had a difficult summer. What are your expectations for the game? I think that uh, Joao Polina news is, is is massive. You know, I'll just go over it again because I don't think it can be understated. He was by far and away their best player last year and a club like Fulham signing him in the first place was such a such a stroke of genius and well maybe a little bit of luck as well that he adapted so well to the league at, and to the and to that level it's um and then for them to lose him straight away and he's kind of the real spine of their team i think they will be a bit downtrodden but maybe there'll be other players in their squad who will you know want to make a statement it will be it will be signing from everton um, but obviously very different positions. And as uh, Howard said, they're looking at Hoybierg, but I doubt that they'll get him in time for him to be able to play, obviously, just with the match being tomorrow. So they're going to be down the best player. We're at home with um, Foden and Akanji coming back into the side. I think I think we, we have to really win this match and go in with a 100% record into the international break. And if we do, I think it'll be a real statement because... It's been a very, very competitive Premier League across all the fixtures so far. And if if we're the only team going in with that 100% record, I think that will make everybody else very worried um, for the rest of the campaign. Howard, can Fulham 
like Fulham generally under under Silva have been a very expansive team. Hmm. Yeah. Um coming to the Etihad tomorrow, firstly, can you see them playing defensively? And if they don't play defensively, does that just play in the city's hands? Word for word what I asked Alan. Uh I can't remember what, he, he did answer it directly to be honest, but I no, I don't think that's Silver's way, to be honest. Uh just not not in the way we've seen someone like Sheffield United do it or some, or even West Ham do it at, at Brighton. I'd, it's just not their way to like put 10 players in the box and that helps City, yeah. I think it absolutely helps City that a team wants to come and play. Now, of course, we had two very tight victories last season. The one away from home in the midst of a title chase you can't really draw many conclusions from. At home, of course, we had uh, Cancelo sent off after in the first half and scraped over the line with a penalty right at the end. But even before then, they they were quite a, a tough nut to crack, I think. Uh, but no, I, I just can't I can't see them coming up here not and playing dead. I think they want to play expansive football because I said to Alan. When you think of Fulham, that's what they always. You think of them playing nice, attractive football all the time, and I've seen it be their undoing before in past seasons. That that's how they play. Uh, it's something they demand in a way. The fans demand, or maybe the owners demand. I can't see that change, to be honest. And yeah, that's a plus for us because that's that's the sort of opposition we want that will allow us to play, that will leave us space uh, between the lines and allow us to. To get plenty of crosses into Erling Haaland, hopefully. Um, George, any any concerns about it having banana skin vibes? And I guess the only way that I could view it as potentially being a banana skin would be if City didn't turn up with the right attitude. Now, obviously, Pep has been away for the last week, uh, maybe a little bit longer, 10 days, nearly two weeks he's been away for. Um, do you think that could have any kind of impact? I think it will be the real the real test of of the player's mindset and, and how they want to take ownership of this side themselves. Because like you say, Pep's gone for the second week in a row. Will will they give the level that they always give and the level that he demands, knowing that they're not going to get bollocked next week because they're all going off here, there and everywhere and playing for their countries? So I think it will be a real test um, of their mindsets. I'd like to think that all that group of players would want to go into the international break on a high and feeling good about it rather than the whole narrative of the time they're away being, oh, the the treble winners are they are they have they got it in them this year and all those all those narratives that will unfold if we did um, lose the match so I would like to think that they'll all be guns blazing hundred miles an hour we'll see if they are but I think that's how they'll all go because they don't you don't want to be creating any narratives um in after the fourth game of the season no definitely not um Howard so. I have the team for tomorrow. Is this an exclusive? Not really, because it's all over Twitter. Um, oh right, one of the one of the 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 FPL account has yeah. leaked the team. But before I tell you what it is, <laughs> I'd like to know right what team you would be picking. 
as we were about to start this, I was flicking. I did not see the team, so I'm not cheating here. I okay. saw a fantasy football one say, couple of surprising changes, but nothing that will affect the big hitters in fantasy football. So I'm going to guess, complete guess. To be honest, without that, I'd have probably said there's little reason to change the side, except for Phil Foden coming in for Alvarez, maybe. Uh, we're going into an international break. Shame we can't fake some injuries and have them rest for two weeks thereafter. Be great if Rodri could pick up an a not an imaginary hamstring injury after this game. <laughs> but there's really no reason to be, you know, resting players because there's no club football for two weeks. I'm gonna guess Rico Lewis could come in for Walker. I mean a Kanji could come in as well, to be honest. What I want you to do is just tell me what you think the team will be goalkeeper. Oh my god. Uh right. Rico, oh, go on, not Rico Lewis. No, who's the goalkeeper first? Oh, um, is that a hint? Uh, Edison. Yeah. Right, Rico Lewis. Okay. Okay. Kanji Diaz Gvardiel. Okay, and then the midfield. Your Rodri Jakovicic. Okay, um, and then your attack. How many players have got left? Four. Uh, Harland, Grealish, yeah. Phil Foden, yeah, Doku. Okay, okay. Um, George, what is your team for tomorrow? I think the team will be Edison in net, uh, Walker, Diaz, Akanji, Guavidol. Yeah, Rodri, Kovacic, Foden. Yeah. Alvarez, Haaland, Grealish. Okay. So the team is Edison, Walker, Diaz, Akanji, Ake, Rodri, Kovacic, Foden, Doku, Alvarez, Haaland. No Bernardo, no Grealish. (laughs) Even the dog's like, what? That sums it up really, doesn't it? That sums it up right there. <laughs> Mate, the timing of that was next level. Even the dog's like, wait, what? No Grealish, no Bernardo. So, George, what do you make of that team? Potential debut for Doku. Uh, the fact that Bernardo and Grealish are both out. Um, I believe from the press conference, there's no new injuries. So the presumption can only be that uh, it's tactical, that they've both been taken out. Thoughts on that? I'm I'm very surprised that uh, Doku's going to get a start, um, only on the basis that Pep's not been there. That that's probably the biggest surprise. I I could have seen him coming off the bench for sure and getting some minutes uh, before the international break, but the fact he starts is is massive and ahead of Grealish possibly on the left maybe is where he's going to be. If you if I'm just found that now on Twitter as you said. They haven't lined up on the left, and I guess that's where you would play him with all the rest of the players. And that, that that's a big call unless Grealish has got um, an injury or a niggle of some kind or illness or whatever, because he's he's had that left wing locked down for the best part of a year now. So mm. I think that's that's a big surprise. I think Bernardo not being in the team is also a big surprise, and the fact that Foden's come straight back in after his illness is hopefully a sign that he is going to be a big, big part of this of this team going forward for the yeah. season. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of, 
the way I look at it, I, I was pretty disappointed with Grealish and, and Bernardo um, in the game last weekend because I, I felt as though with Kevin out um, and with Phil ill, it was kind of on those two to step up and create things. Um, and I don't think they created enough over the 90 minutes. Um, mm. And it's it's kind of, it's a little bit that thing of like, I understand Grealish and, and, and Bernardo are very different players to KDB and Foden. Neither of them has got a line-breaking pass in them. They, just, they don't have that type of magic creativity. But as senior attacking players, um, I just thought that, that they were a, a touch disappointing last, last weekend. Um, and so I think with it being a home game, with it being against Fulham, I think it does sort of afford the coaching staff, I was going to say Pep, but he'll have his say in it. But the coaching staff, it does afford them an opportunity to look at something else. And I had a, I had a conversation with Marty Perrineau, um, who, if listeners don't know, he's written a few books about Pep and he's got a new book coming out um, about Guardiola's time at City or the last 12 or 18 months at City in October, November of this year. But I spoke to Marty uh, about a week ago uh, and we were talking about um, Doku, Grealish, Foden, Bernardo, how, like, because if you guys remember, there was a lot of stories about how Opep's done with fast wingers. And I was asking him, like, you know, how do you view the Doku signing? Is he like, w would it be more a case of, like, when we're not playing with Haaland and we're going to play more false nine, then we'll play with Doku because he's rapid and then you've got that, that threat out wide. And he was like, no, like, the idea will be that in some games you'll play with one winger like Grealish or Bernardo who's kind of locked as, like, that kind of pauser playmaker winger, and then you put Doku on the other side for the raw pace. And he said there'll be games where they'll just want the raw pace on both sides, and then they'll play Foden and Doku on both sides and that's where we've landed not you know not a week 10 days after i had that conversation we've got both foden and 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 doku on the wings which is uh which will be really interesting and it'll also be interesting to see if it is those two on the wings or whether it does end up with alvarez and foden almost playing next to each other as two number 10s uh behind harland um howard what do I you just would say thing? bernardo silva's become a dad as well auntie so could just be sleepless nights that uh, oh yes outside. yeah that for the first time that definitely uh has an effect we f you forget that players are human and big yeah. things happen in their lives and you know having a kid is is definitely in your first one especially it's a big one but yeah what do you make of that team howard it's quite exciting uh mm. yeah we, we shouldn't assume that certain players just start every game there's no there's no one really that fits that apart from harland in a way uh Bernardo Silva being, you know, we know the importance of him, but he's not a necessity in a way. <sighs> we should win the game. I mean, I'm surprised. I'm a bit surprised at it. Uh, I'm surprised Gvardiel doesn't start. Yeah, it, to be honest, it's, look, it's a fine side, isn't it? And I'm excited to see Doku. So, and it feels a bit more creative with his raw pace. If the pace pace in itself mm. <laughs> uh, counts as creativity in my book uh yeah i'm looking forward to it so, so it's an interesting one but it should be far too good for the fulham side 
Yeah, yeah, if, if, if it had been an unchanged side or if it's this one, uh, it should be far too much. And yeah, that gives us plenty on the wings. It really does. Mm. If I were to guess, I would say that uh, tomorrow we don't play the way that, like tactically, I think tomorrow is a little bit of a throwback to um, last season in that I think what happens is Akanji steps into midfield next to Rodri, uh, Ake and Walker tuck in next to um, Diaz and Doku and Foden hug the touch lines and become the two the two wingers. And then you've got Rodri, Kovacic, and then Alvarez and, and Haaland in front of those two, with Alvarez almost playing like a number 10, playing off off of Haaland. Um I can I can see that being the the tactical setup tomorrow. Um, I'm man. Uh, when I saw that team, I'm like, yeah, I'm buzzing. I'm definitely, definitely, <laughs> definitely yeah. buzzing. Like Foden and Doku on the wings. It's early season. It's a big opportunity for them both to show that that can work. And if we can have defensive stability and have those two, then I just yeah, I'll just I'll feel I'll be I'll be very excited. Um, I think there's only one thing left, and that's score predictions. So. George? 2-0 City, Foden with both. Oh, I love it. Howard? Yeah, I think what I asked Alan, I did go conservative 2-0, but without Polinio in, I think... (sighs) I'm always so conservative, and I was right against Sheffield United. Sod it, 4-0. Ooh, I like it. Well, There's goals in that side now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is, there is goals. I'm going to go with 3-0 and a Haaland Hattie because my uh, FPL team needs it. Triple cut. Oh, my. I am about position 9 million. Absolute disaster. <laughs> Last week was a disaster, season. man. Last week was such a disaster that I uh I need a I need a big week this week. I'm not going to I'm not going to burn my triple captain uh too early. I think Luton at home if Haaland's fit and I definitely know that he's playing then then I think that might be uh, that might well, be the triple. Uh, yeah, triple I ruined it on Bournemouth at home last season, <laughs> along with about five million other people. So, <laughs> yeah, same, same, exactly. Right, I'm wrapping this up because it's been a nice, lovely, long, covered all the bases kind of Friday show, and you two gentlemen have got a lot of work to do between now <laughs> and deadline day ending. So, Mr. Hawking, thank you very much. Eighty-seven missed calls, best answer than anything. Yeah, thanks for having me on. George, thank you very much. Yeah, got Ornstein calling me now, so thank you very much. You crack on, man. To everybody who listened, thank you very much. This was the 9320 podcast. Uh, If you like this and you don't know what the 9320 player is, just go to our website, check out all of the podcasts that we do all week. Previews of them all are available on SoundCloud. And if you like, you can sign up. It's £4 a month and you get hours and hours of City-related content every single week. In the meantime, be safe, be well, and as always, up the treble-winning blues.